Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. The book of Habakkuk, or some call it Habakkuk, uh, but the book of Habakkuk, he's considered one of the minor prophets, and it doesn't mean that he's any less value of the major prophets. It just means we don't have as much information about what he his what his background as we do about other prophets. It doesn't mean they're less important. But he prophesies at a very difficult time in Israel's history. They disobeyed God, and because of their disobedience, another nation by the nation of, by the name of Babylon is coming in, and they're, they're they're attacking them, and then they're destroying them, leaving, and then they come back as they recover. They come back and they attack them again. They recover, then they come back and attack them again, and they do this on four different occasions. Have you ever felt like the enemy just keeps coming in and right after you get the wind knocked out of you, it's like he just, you you get back on your feet only to get the wind knocked out of you again? And you wonder, when is this assault going to stop? When are the attacks going to stop? And this is kind of where he's at right now. And when we get to verse 1, he says this, I will climb up to my watchtower. And I love this because what the prophet's saying is this, even though everything is going bad right now, I'm still showing up to work. Just because things aren't going my way, I'm still going to show up to do my job. I'll stand at my guard post and I will wait. Someone say wait. To see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to notice something. Have you ever felt like you had a complaint that you had to communicate to God? Okay, this, this side's never been through anything. They, they, they got a perfect life on that side. Have you ever had a complaint against God? Things weren't working your way. See, these guys are real, man. They, you know. Ever, I want you to notice something about those individuals throughout the word of God, the, the Old Testament prophets and so forth, the people that went through something. They didn't have a false sense of religion. They had an ability to be open with God. That whenever things weren't going right, they had the ability to be honest with God and tell God, I don't appreciate what we're going through right now. Job was very open with God through his struggle. When you take a look at at Daniel, you take a look at other prophets, Moses, these are your people you're telling me to lead. You're not telling me who you're going to send with me. Moses was very open with them as well. I need you to understand that those that had favor with God had the ability to be honest with God as well. Habakkuk is in that same situation. He's like, God, what's going on? When's this assault going to stop? When's it going to be my turn? Why am I always going through something? But yet in the midst of this battle, he says, I'm going to show up. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do my job. In the midst of everything I'm going through, the prophet is struggling. He's struggling with his faith. He's struggling with whether God even hears him. Yet in the midst of it all, he says, God, I'll wait. I'll wait for you. I'm not going to act on my own. I'm not going to do my own thing. And this is where we get ourselves into trouble. 
When the marriage starts going bad, when the business starts going bad, when the struggles start happening in our family, when things and all of a sudden you need an answer from God and you don't get the answer that you were hoping for or it didn't come fast enough, you end up making decisions on your own. But the prophet says, I'll wait. And he says, he will answer. How many know God always answers prayer? Now, some of y'all are clapping, but you don't believe it. God always answers prayer. It's always yes, no, or wait. Now, you might not like the answer, but God will answer you. And the gap, this is what I want you to see this morning. The gap between my frustration with God and my answer from God, that gap is called hope. That's where hope is activated. And as we talk about revive, I want to talk to you about reviving your hope. I want to talk to you about reviving your, your, your belief that something better is about to happen. Hope is different than faith. See, faith talks about your belief, but hope talks about your attitude. We're going to talk about this a bit more. I, I love what Mike Tyson said. When Mike Tyson stepped into the ring to fight someone, he says, I want to rip out his heart and show it to him. That's hope. He was trying to steal the hope of whoever he fought against. Because if I can take someone's hope, I'll keep them on the canvas. And I want you to understand that we all get knocked down at one time or another. No, no, you didn't hear me. Maybe come back to this side over here. We've all been knocked down at one time or another, right? We've all gone through. So every champion has felt the canvas. Every champion has felt the canvas on his back. It's all right, man. So I, I, at least somebody talking to me this morning. Everyone, every champion has felt what it, had, what it was like to get up off the canvas to try to get back into the fight. You are not a fighter if you've never felt the canvas. Because even champions get knocked down once in a while. The problem is, is that when we lose heart, we lose hope. How many, how many, some of you are too young to remember this, but Mr. October. Who's that? Reggie Jackson. Why, why is he known as Mr. October? That's when he came alive. During the year, he was, he was good. Still a Hall of Fame player, but when, when the playoffs came, brother turned it on. Three home runs and one World Series. Became, he became, he became, no one's talking to you, bro. Uh, he... <laughs> He became at a whole nother level, man. Whole nother level. Okay? So ushers, can I get some help up here? Security. <laughs> Security. Security. <laughs> Yet he leads the major leagues in over 2,597 strikeouts. You can't be a legend unless you take some swings. Talk, talk to me. Who's, who's some of your favorite basketball players? Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Curry, Kobe. Come on, bro, Kobe. Bro, we're in Northern Cal, man. Northern Cal. This is warrior country, man. Durant. Tim Hardaway. Chamberlain. Oh, dude, you're going back, man. Who 
let, let me ask you this, okay? Who do you think missed the most shots in the NBA? Michael Jordan? Kobe. Because you were here in the first service, huh? Yeah, cheater. After security, over 14,481 shots Kobe missed. He leads the NBA. When he retired, led the NBA in missed shots. Yet when we think of Kobe, we don't think of someone that misses. We think of a champion because he was willing to take the shot. I'm sure you've seen this before, but he said this. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the final shot, and I failed and, and missed. I failed over and over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. What am I telling you? Proverbs 13, 12 says this. A hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Another version puts it this way. Unrelenting disappointment. Man, have you ever gone through unrelent? Man, car breaks down, washer breaks down, get evicted, your dog gets sick, wife's leaving you, husband's leaving you, the kids don't want to be around you. I mean, everything is going wrong. So unrelenting. It's like things, when is it going to stop? Stop the world I want to get off. It's one of those kind of things. He says this, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn things around. The human body, it's been said, can go three weeks to 40 days without food. Three days without water. Three minutes without air. But only three seconds without hope. Because the moment we lose hope, we lose the will to live. Someone that commits suicide just lost hope. They they just gave up. As long as there's hope. Why? Because delay can be deadly. Delay is not denial, but failure at times. It feels like it, 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 even though you go through fail, it feels like it defines you. It feels like it identifies who you are. I'm here to tell you this morning that failure can't deny, define you. Whenever you lose hope in a marriage, you end up in divorce. Whenever you lose hope in health, you end up with sickness. Whenever you lose hope in your family, you end up with dysfunction. Whenever you lose hope in your finances, you end up in debt. Whenever you lose hope in God, you end up dead. Whenever you lose hope in your business, you end up in bankruptcy. Lose hope in peace, you end up in depression. Lose hope in sobriety, you end up in addiction. Lose hope in your dreams, you end up living a nightmare. Lose hope in your faith, you end up with fear. Whenever you lose hope in freedom, you end up in bondage. Whenever you lose hope in your future, you're destined to live in your past. You lose hope. We got to pray, God, revive me. Don't care how great of a champion you are, someday you got to revive. You got to ask for hope to be restored. Take a look at this. Proverbs 27, verse 16. I'm not going to be long this morning, I promise, okay? I'm almost done. Stay with me. Proverbs 24, verse 16 says this The godly may trip up. How many times? Now, I don't know about you, but it says the godly may trip up seven times. And I realized that that, that uh, color we used didn't go very well, did it? But they, but they will get up again. 
But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. I'm confused. Because if you have someone that did this thing seven times, wouldn't he be more wicked than the one that only did it once? Yet because he got up seven times after falling, he's considered righteous, not evil. You fall once. Okay, man, let me help you. You fall again, doing the same thing. Oh, man, you okay? Do you see that? You know? Do it again. Bro, come on, man. You just, dude, four times in a, again, and again, and again. God calls him righteous. Not because he didn't fall, but because he didn't stay down. He calls the one evil that gives up after one fall. The difference between evil and righteousness is the ability to get back up and have hope for a better tomorrow. Not give up on my marriage, my children, my business, my sobriety, my hope. It's the ability to get back up again is what makes you righteous. Do you have another get up in you? See, I want to talk to you this morning about the get up. Everyone say get up. up. I mean, stay right where you are. Don't leave yet. Just get up. Word hope means expectation, expected waiting. It's the source of your hope that determines whether the hope is realistic or unrealistic. It's not hope in yourself. It's not hope or belief in, in who you are or your abilities. It's a hope that God is able to do what God promised to do. Come on, say it again, Pastor. It's that hope that not in yourself, but that God will perform what God said he will do. See, hope is different than faith. I told you earlier, faith is the belief. Hope is the attitude. I believe God can heal. But hope says this. I believe God will heal. Dr. John Maxwell says your attitude determines your your altitude. It's your outlook. It's your how you look at things that determines how you're going to live your life. The the words you speak become the environment that you live in. And we speak certain things that create atmospheres where certain things are not allowed to grow. You keep speaking freezing words and you're expecting summer fruit to grow. It don't work that way. You got to make sure you're creating an atmosphere with the words you're speaking to support the fruit you want to grow. See, I want you to see Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, God answers him. Stay with me because we're going to move fast right here. In fact, worship team, if you would prepare yourselves to help me. I want to share with you seven points that he gives to the man to help the principles of what we call hope. Everyone say principles of hope. I want you to see this. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Everyone say that with me. Write the vision. Principle number one, to restore your hope. Is documentation. Document it. Write it down. 
Write it. What is it that you want? What is it that you're going for? What is it that you desire? Identify what it is that you want. You got to be be able to to identify where is it that you're going? What's the GPS? When you get in the car and you have a GPS system, you can't get mad at the GPS system that it's not taking you where you want to go. If you haven't put in the directions or the address where you want to get to. Your life is the same way. The, the prophet's saying this. You got, God is telling the prophet, write it down. What do you want? Secondly, he says this. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Everyone say, make it plain. You see, y'all, y'all are too confused sometimes. You don't even know what you want. You want everything. What do you want? I want it, I want it all. That's why you have Nothing. Because you can't identify. When, when Jesus comes to blind Bartimaeus, he says, what do you want me to do for you? He didn't say, man, I want a chariot with 24s on it, with, with a bumping sound system. Give me a, give me a bunch of ladies that, that, that can walk around me. Take, give, give me a harem to watch over me and protect. He doesn't say those things. He had one need. There was many things that he wanted in life, but there was only one thing that he needed. Jesus that I would see. You got to make it plain. Principle number two is simplification. Know what you want. Make it simple. Make it plain of where you're going, what it is that you want from God. Number three, he goes on and make it plain on tablets that he may. Everyone say he may. What he's talking about here is generosity. It's being able to share the vision with others. Because whenever someone asks, hey, man, what's your vision? I ain't telling you. You might steal my vision. I can tell you what I'm doing. Hey, what are you going to do in business? I ain't telling you. I don't want you stealing it from me. Do you realize that you can go farther together? And that the ability to cross-pollinate makes us better? The Bible says that two are better than one. Learning how to connect with one another to encourage one another. So generosity, be willing to share what God shared with you. And put those things into practice. He goes on and says this, that he may run who reads it. The fourth principle is participation. Let people run with your vision. Give people the opportunity to get involved in what God has shared with you, what you want. You tell someone you're trying to get out of debt. Share the vision with them. Who knows? They may help you get out of debt. Say it again, Pastor. You're trying to get healthy. You're going to end up with someone that might have the ability to give you accountability to make better choices health-wise. Let him run. He goes on and says this, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Fifth principle is timing. You got to know there's a set time. I love gardening. I become a, my, my dad was a huge gardener. And I got so tired going to his house. Every time we go to his house, first thing we do is go in the backyard. Let me show you my plants. He's like, you point at this, and this is this, and this is that. And it's dirt. A weed growing in the middle of it. Or he would just point out all that stuff. And it wasn't until I started getting into it. Because I know the seed that's under the soil. And I know what it took to get that seed to that point. 
I know the water that, that I had to do, the, the, the weeding that needed to take place, the, the time I had to put into these things. But I can't get mad at a seed. If you want a seed to grow quickly, plant a radish. They grow real fast. But if you want other plants like a carrot, those take forever. Nine to 12 weeks. Many of you want something great out of your life. It's like the rich man that brought his son to the chancellor, the the principal at at the college and said, I want my son to graduate in six months. We got a lot to do. So I want I want to put him on the fast track. He says, if you're trying to grow a tomato plant, we can do it in six months. But if you want an oak tree, it's going to take some time. set time and he says for the vision is yet for an appointed time but in the end it will speak I love this in the end it will speak it will not lie you know you don't have to tell people your vision there'll become a point in your life where your vision will speak for itself oh no you totally missed that I don't have to brag my marriage shows I had vision for my marriage my, my children show that I had vision for my children. My finances show that I had a vision for my... I don't have to brag about, hey, look at this. Look at I, I, This is what I'm going to do. I don't have to speak about what I'm going to do. You can see what I've done based on the vision speaking for me. That is the principle number six of patience, of hope. It's waiting for it. Hope. Don't confuse. I just want to tell you, don't don't lose hope. Some of you right now, don't lose hope. Look at the next slide here. I want you to see this one here. Don't lose hope. That might be you laying on the canvas right now. Other seasons of life, you might be Ali with your hands raised up. But in different seasons of life, you're going to go through certain battles. You might be the one with your hands up one moment. You might be on your back the next. But you have to have the ability to hold on. I'm here to tell you right now, don't confuse development for delay. You, you, missed, you missed that. Ladies, get pregnant. Only thing I had to go on when my wife said she was pregnant was this little stick that had two lines on it. That stick said that there was a baby inside my wife's stomach. There was no visual evidence that there was a baby there. Except the stick that she peed on. That said, she's pregnant. And many of you right now that you have a word that you're holding on to. There's evidence in that book called the Bible that says there's a promise that sits on your life right now. And you have no physical evidence to be able to justify or believe. And you're walking around saying, yeah, I'm pregnant right now. And people are looking like, no, no, you're not. There's a business in here. There's a ministry in here. There's a child. There's a family in here. There's a nation. And no one else wants to admit it or, or agree with it. But I'm here to tell you. You might want to hold that child right now. You might want that baby right now. But if you take the baby out of the womb too early, it will not survive. 
It won't survive on its own. So what you call delay is not delay, it's development. God is developing the child as well as you to become a parent. Because there's a transition that happens from that two-seater sports car you had to the minivan. Don't hate. Because different seasons require different things. And all of a sudden, only thing you have as evidence is the morning sickness. Some of you are getting sick of the way you're living because you know there's something better inside of you. Wake up the next morning with that hangover from that drinking episode and you know, man, I I hate when I do this. You know you're better than that. After you end up with someone that's not your wife laying next to you, you realize, man, I'm better than this. here to tell you right now what you call delay is really development God's developing you for the promise he closes it out and says this because it will surely come it will not tarry which is the principle of faith it's going to come I just hear the voice of God telling me as I was preparing for this, it's coming. Speak this over your life, your family, it's coming. Speak this over you right now, it's coming. Things you've been praying for, it's coming. The things you've been hoping for, it's coming. The thing you've been believing for, it's coming. You're coming to the birthing stage. Now, all that discomfort you went through wasn't for nothing, it's coming. Come on, say it with me. It's coming. The things you've been believing for, it's coming. The things you've been hoping for, it's coming. No more delay. The things you've been believing for are coming. God's about to bring about those things. He's about to revive some things in your life. I want you to understand this as I close this morning. I apologize. About 25 years ago, I'm standing on the stage in Manteca. Christian Worship Center in Manteca, and I'm getting ready to do a wedding. And one of the longtime single adult ladies that was in my singles group was getting married that day. And as the back doors opened, her groom was standing next to me waiting for her, and the doors opened, and he began to burst out in tears. Literally, I'm looking at him, dude, man, get a grip, man, come on. But he's losing, I mean, he's so overwhelmed as his bride is making her way down. As she's making her way down, my mind is distracted because in my pocket, I have a note. And that's a note that her and I had sat down three years earlier and began to write down the vision. And she said, I'm tired of being single. I want to get married. So I said, well, who are you looking for? What are you looking for? You see, you got to know what you're looking for in order to recognize it when it comes. So let, let's sit down. Let, let's, let's figure this out. How do you want them to look? Okay? Everyone gets Christian. We, we all get spiritual. Oh, I just want them to love God. No, you don't. You want them to love God, but you, you want, you want them to, to look a certain way too. 
Because you're with them in the spirit, but you also have to be with them in the flesh. So we're sitting down and she's beginning, she's going through everything, all the details of what she wants. And she's like, she, whenever she would pause, I was like, just say it. She goes, no, just, just say it. What, what is it that, she goes, I, I, I think that's super fit. Well, just so you know when he comes. And so we write it all down. We wrote everything down. And we sealed it. She signed it. I signed it. We sealed it. And I put it in my, my notes in my filing cabinet right before the wedding. I remembered it and I put it in my pocket. I took the paper. I put it in my pocket. And as she's coming down to marry this dude, I got the paper in my pocket and I'm wondering, oh, God, I sure hope that this list matches up with this dude. Because my plan was to open it while the ceremony was going on and we were going to do this thing. So they get up there and said, look at him. I said, you're not here by accident. You were prayed for three years ago. Sweating. Sounds good, but okay. Tall. Okay, that's a good thing. He's tall. Dark. He's dark. Stocky. Because she didn't want someone that was so skinny she had nothing to hold on to. Her words. Full beard. Strong, silent type. Divorced with kids. Down the list. Nailed. Every And By the time I'm going through, I'm crying. <laughs> I'm going down the list and I'm seeing everything that she prayed for, everything that she wanted was on the paper. He was standing. She saw him before she saw him. Some of you have given up hope on things you've been believing God for. It's time to start hoping again. I speak life to your hopes. I speak life to your dreams. Things that you thought were dead and gone, God's about to bring life to. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.